You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Fascinating day in history. Um, Tuesday night was the night president gave a State of the Union message. Had 27 million people or households watching. Right. Well, today's the anniversary of back in 1964 when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan Show. They made their debut in the United States. 73 million people watched that in 1964, that which was pretty near the whole entire population of the United States watched that. But actually, to be fair, there was only three channels, so it was a lot easier to make a choice. You know, you'd, you'd go to one and go, nah, not watching that one. So then you were down to two. Flipping back and forth from one channel to another was not that easy in those days because you had to get out of your chair and go over there and flip the dial and everything. So pretty much when you landed on something, that was kind of the way it is. The Beatles. Wow. 1964. I remember it very well. 1964 is a very snowy year in North Carolina, of all places, where I was growing. Very unusual. I don't think it's ever happened since. So it's like four consecutive Wednesdays of snow. We spent a lot of time inside. Me and my neighbor were listening to the Beatles. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Oh man, oh man. And you know what? The what was it? The the uh, speaking of that because we just had the Grammys. Hey Jude was like one of the top five all time popular songs in the world by the Beatles. Never won a Grammy. So you know. It's, it's, it's just I don't know. Just I'm caught up on statistics today. It's pretty amazing, but. Uh, so it was pretty easy to watch TV back in those days. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. So the Super Bowl's on the way Sunday, not telling you anything. I was watching a show last night on TV about all the best commercials, which is always kind of neat. It's nostalgic, right? You forget about some of them that were really funny. Uh, old guys like me, we were always talking about how, uh, yeah, back in the day we had the real commercials. We had, they were funny. You know, they were <laughs> they were just funny. I, I don't know. It was just, but the, I guess the Mean Joe Green one was the one that started the blockbuster Super Bowl commercials, I think. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you just Google it or YouTube it or however you find it and look at it, and you'll see why. It was a pretty ingenious idea. It really was. But one of the really cool things happening on Saturday, by the way, it's in Arizona, you know, Um the uh, is the NFL uh, has a well, not the NFL. They have a athletes in action has a banquet uh, Saturday night before the Super Bowl, and uh, if you want to go, it's at the Desert Ridge Marriott in Phoenix. And James Conner, who was an NFL player, I guess he is now, is going to headline the athletes in action Super Bowl breakfast. They have it every year. They've had it every year. Breakfast. I'm sorry, <laughs> I said breakfast. They've had it every year. Uh, for 36 years, is sponsored by Museum of the Bible. So that's kind of cool. You're probably not going out to Arizona for the Super Bowl, most likely. You know, just kind of wondering what you're going to do for the Super Bowl. What kind of food are you going to be having? Yes, Barbara, for Super Bowl, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, I usually go to a friend's house. Oh, do you really? Do you take any kind of food? Um, I just usually bring chips and salsa everywhere I go. <laughs> probably the best thing to do, right? I love that. <laughs> You can't go wrong. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. I'm trying my best to come up and, and wonder if God is in this story. 
because I'm going to let you listen to the chaos. We've all been to the airport. Nothing simpler, more uh, boring, really, than waiting for your luggage on the carousel, you know, and picking it up. And 99 times out of 100, you've had no problems, right? Nobody has any problem. We just do it, and we go, we're like, oh, I'm tired. I need a day. <laughs> we go home. You know, we get our transportation. We go home. But uh, at London Heathrow Airport, this uh, woman came in from Nigeria, and her suitcase bursted open. And what came out of that suitcase was quite chaotic. Uh, Live crabs. (laughs) You know, not something to fear, really. Kind of a joke. And they're crawling all over the carousel. And one by one kind of crawling off. You know how they scamper sideways. That'll send people running. Oh, oh my gosh. It's absolutely incredible. Airport personnel. Well, one lady was there with a vest on trying to help. What do you do, right? You just kind of stand there and film it and go, this is the craziest thing I have ever seen in my life. And you wonder, she got through the airport? Was that legal? Was that okay? Or or was it was it maybe divine intervention where it was like you're not you know you're not supposed to be bringing live crabs from Nigeria into London Heathrow Airport? I'm pretty sure. Oh man, oh man, that is that is something else. God is in this story. Maybe God really was in that story and that he revealed what she was trying to get away with right there. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. God is in this story. What a story it is. And if you haven't read the book, it's a little paperback book about Bethany Hamilton after she had her arm taken off by a shark in Hawaii. 13 years old, doing what they did a lot of mornings before school. They'd go out and surf. Not in Oahu. She's in Kauai, I think, is where it was a really cool island there. And, you know, she's paddling out and a shark took her arm off. And a friend, if a friend wasn't with her, she might have very well lost her life. She's, you know, they're way out in the shore. And so uh, she went around all the talk shows on TV, morning and night, you know, because very unusual. She's really cool, 13 years old. Turns out she's a big-time Christian. She said, well, I know it's part of God's plan for my life. And, and you know, and I, have, I take great peace in that, knowing that. And I will come back and do the best I can. 13 years old. Very impressive. Wrote a book called Soul Surfer, S-O-U-L, Surfer. And that's now her nickname, Bethany Hamilton's nickname, Soul Surfer. It's funny because she came from a family of two brothers. She had two brothers, and now she has three sons. <laughs> and, of course, a husband. And uh, she's been surfing. She she started coming back very slow at first. She didn't want any, uh, you know, she has no prosthesis for the arm. She uh, didn't want any favors, no handicaps or anything. She said, I'm going to do this just like everybody else. She is quite a surfer, if you've ever seen her surf. It's one of the most amazing photographs you'll ever see is her turning on a wave with one arm. It's incredible. But she does it. She's been surfing in the World Surfing League for 15 years. And now there's a wrinkle. Because now her faith meets reality. Maybe yours, maybe you've been in that situation. A lot of people in the news lately have because it's happening. They decided the World Surf League has decided that the they have a new policy now and a 
biological man who maintains low testosterone level can compete in the women's division. She said, man, I'm not going to compete with that. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. She said, I know that a lot of other female surfers feel the same way. They're afraid to speak up. It's happening in swimming. It's happening in track and stuff. They're afraid to speak up. She said, it concerns me as a professional athlete. I love all mankind, regardless of any differences, but this is not a good way to go. Now, okay, the good news on that is that the chief of the sport said, we recognize that the policy may need to evolve over time as we get feedback and see new research. So something else to put on the prayer list today. It's good. It's good, right? Keep that in your prayers and thank God for somebody, you know, like Bethany Hamilton. A lot of people may say, oh, I remember that girl from 20 years ago. I remember her lost her arm and she said, yeah, it's part of God's plan for her life. Isn't that amazing? Had no idea that this would be part of God's plan for her life. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. When this story all depends, the, the effectiveness of the story depends on my Long Island dialect. Don't turn it off yet. Haven't heard it yet. It's pretty amazing. I've known people from Long Island, a couple. <clears throat> Maybe I'll be able to do it. I remember the story vividly. And I tell it because today is the anniversary of the inaugural flight of the 747 in 1968. And my father and I came a couple of years later to New York City on a trip in the summer. We went to the Empire State Building. We went to see the Rockettes. We went to Mama Leone's. Yes. And what else? Uh, We were looking for a little Italian restaurant in Midtown, but... They, I think they were closed and having a meeting. A couple of big Cadillacs out front and guarded by a German shepherd, so we decided to keep on going. So the 747, the... What are they... What are they... The, oh, I can't remember the, the... Not the angel, the sweetness of the skies. Anyway, princess of the skies, whatever it was. And now, a couple of days ago, the last commercial flight of a 747 happened, and they are turning it over to cargo. Planes. This is a sweet, really sweet aircraft that Boeing built, 747. So we were at uh, TWA Airport at Kennedy Airport. I mean, TWA Terminal at Kennedy Airport, which is still there, oddly enough. Uh, it's a museum piece now, I believe, but I distinctly remember being there. and some fond memories of being at that airport, looking out at the uh, planes coming in, which, uh, you know, in 1970, A 747 was quite a novelty and the biggest plane flying. So we're standing there and (laughs) mom and her little youngster, maybe a preschooler, probably, maybe first grade, but certainly quite a character. She was saying, look at that, honey. That's the largest airplane in the world. And he said, "Uh, I've seen bigger. (laughs) Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Speaking of the Psalms that were uh, mentioned in um, the last episode of The Chosen, if you saw the 
probably know all what I'm talking about, but I watched them uh, last night, and it's really very cool. I have the app, which you can do, which is really neat, and then I transpose it from my phone onto the TV, so it's really cool. So, and my wife showed me how to do that. <laughs> uh, one of the things I like, and probably my favorite thing I like about that whole entire series is that when a... a um, a new episode comes on right away before anything happens. The scene is in the BC Times. You're going to witness an event that is mentioned in the Old Testament. And the last part, I don't want to give away too much, but in, in uh, episode 8, the last of uh, season 3, they start out, man, he's way back there. And it's David with his wife coming in to be entered, well, you know, ministered to, I guess by the musicians and they say they have something different tonight right asaph has written down and so we don't have the lyre and 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 all the instruments that we normally have but the the men are going to hum in the background while he reads his you know what he's done for you and of course that ended up in the psalms that's where you can find him and because of that i started doing some research and looking him up you know and of course i don't know if it was psalm 49 that is a psalm of of Asaph, uh, why should I fear in times of trouble is the theme. But he, he does it, and it's very moving to David and his wife. Very moving. And so you wonder, why did they show you that? Right? You know. So then it comes on with all the uh, pre-episode stuff that they do, the music and names and all that. And, of course, we're getting into Jesus' ministry is really kicking into high gear now. And the disciples have already preached and told one of his parables about the banquet. And it's really upset a lot of people because, you know, what did they come? Who are you talking about uh, waiting on the outside? You know, the bushes in the in the in the um, in the hedgerows, you know, who, who was that and all this stuff? And and the and the Greeks and the Jews and all the other Gentiles, they're all they're all like, you know, arguing with each other. stuff. So, of course, Jesus gets in the middle of that. But as a story that's in the story happens to be Simon Peter and his wife Eden they lost a baby okay so she is and it's caused a lot of strife between the two as you can imagine and there are many people I'm sure that were watching that scene that have gone through something very similar to that very similar and boy they really depict it in the most amazing way and especially in episode 8 because now you've got Simon Peter he's with Jesus and he's having a really hard time because, you know, Jesus, where's Jesus? Why is he working in our life, working in everybody else's life? And he's basically saying that. And here's Eden dealing with this as only a woman know how you would deal with that. And so she goes to her, her mother. That's her mother-in-law, right? She's talking with the women and Mary's one of them. She goes to uh, see the rabbi. Uh, and the rabbi is very good. He's talking with her and stuff. And, and he's, he said, I want to read you something. And he gets a scroll out. And it happens to be that very same song the, of Asaph that was seen in the beginning scene. And, of course, it means much to her. It's ministering to her as well as it did to David's wife. So I thought that was really pretty, pretty cool. That was kind of what I saw. And the healing that was taking place in the husband and the wife, even though they were in two different places, going through two different things. 
Not to mention in the episode you had the feeding of the 5,000, which is like off the scale. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.